The Federal Communications Commission this week moved to suspend privacy rules it put in place last fall when Democrats were in charge that required internet providers like AT&T and Comcast to secure customers' data from hackers. The move was widely seen as a first step on the way to unraveling the net neutrality rules that the commission created in 2015. I'm Sean Zeller, and this is CQ Roll Call's Week Ahead podcast. I'm here with Paul Marion, who covers the FCC for CQ. Paul, welcome. Thank you. So, Paul, why did the FCC do this, and why did they do it now? The broadband privacy rule has a set of data security provisions that were scheduled to go into effect March 2nd, before the rest of the privacy rule goes into effect later this year. And given that the FCC is reconsidering the whole rule because it would treat uh, internet service providers differently than other internet firms like Google and Facebook, they figured that it was unfair to impose those costs on internet providers when they were going to reconsider the whole rule this year. So they suspended it temporarily while they look at the whole rule. What exactly did the FCC's privacy rule say? Well, the part that was suspended was dealing with the data security provisions, uh, protecting customer data from from being accessed by an unauthorized person. Uh, the broader rule deals with the uh, collection of user data, such as their web browsing history, which is uh, which can be marketed uh, to uh, other uh, advertisers or, or other people. And, and that's the, uh, the broader privacy question that's involved. So there are two pieces of this rule. One is the internet providers were supposed to protect data from hackers. And secondly, they weren't supposed to sell it for, to third parties. Is that right? The, the rule is that they can't sell it to third parties unless they get permission in advance from customers. And the controversy is that other internet uh, firms like Google or Facebook are allowed to use that data unless customers object. So, Paul, you mentioned Facebook and Google, which we know collect a lot of customer data and use it to make money. That's basically what the internet providers want to be able to do, too, right? That's their argument. Right. They want to have a, a level playing field for the entire internet ecosystem. And, and right now, they're at a, a disadvantage or they, because they have to get permission in advance to collect and use that data. Uh, the other players that are regulated by the FTC can collect that data unless their customers object. And this is about marketing. They use the data they collect about customers to what? Sell products to them or sell it to marketing companies? For, for advertising. It, it's all driven by advertising dollars. If, if you collect data on where a person uh, is, is going on the Internet. Say, say you uh, shop for shoes on Amazon. You're going to see ads on Facebook for shoes for the next few weeks. Uh, and, and so without that data or without as much data, uh, the uh, advertisers will go uh, to the firms that have more data. And what are the interests on this issue? I suppose on one hand you have the Internet providers pushing for the suspension and what, consumer groups on the other side? You have a, a, a lot of consumer groups, privacy advocates. Uh, um, there are uh, academics involved in the, in the battle, but it's mainly privacy groups that have been uh, pushing for these privacy rules. Now, there have been a spate of big hacking attacks on corporations in recent years and tons of uh, customer data stolen. So the move to suspend these data security protections seems to run against 
protecting data in those instances? Is it creating an outcry? Well, it, it is uh, and it isn't because there are provisions of the, the Telecommunications Act that allows the FCC to uh, enforce this on a case-by-case basis. These these rules would have uh, made it clearer and, and established uh, regulations would have established uh, requirements for reporting data breaches to the FCC within a certain time period and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've covered the data breach issue before Congress. Congress was debating a bill in 2015 on this issue, which never was enacted, about setting a national standard on data breaches. And I recall that there were a lot of state laws in this area. There was, I think, 47 states that had data breach laws, and the argument was, we need one. But even in the absence of one federal law, there's still those state laws, right? Yes, there's still 47, uh, plus the District of Columbia and Guam, I think, and, and a few others. And those state laws vary quite a bit. I mean, some allow people to sue. and others. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of differences. And if, if a big retailer has a data breach that's nationwide, they have to send out uh, different notices to uh, people in every state. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happened at the FCC since uh, President Trump took office. There's been a big change. Oh, yeah. We have uh, a new chairman, uh, Ajit Pai, and it's now controlled by two Republicans and, and with one Democrat. And two vacancies then. There's supposed to be five on the commission. Correct. And so what's happening with those vacancies? Are they awaiting nominees from Congress or from the White House? No, the White House hasn't named anybody yet, but uh, yesterday they did uh, remove the uh, Democratic nominee from uh, the, the Obama administration. Uh, Jessica uh, Rosenworcel. So uh, right now, uh, we're waiting for the Trump administration to uh, put up some names. And Pi, um, he's a striking contrast from the prior chairman who created these privacy rules, Tom Wheeler, right? I mean, tell me about Ajit Pai and the con- contrast with Tom Wheeler. Well, he, he's a young guy, uh, I think a second generation uh, Indian. Um, he uh, tweets constantly. He has a, uh, a good sense of humor. Uh, he's very affable, and uh, he's he's very uh, very smart. He's uh, been very outspoken on the issues like the privacy rule all along. He and Michael O'Reilly, the other Republican commissioner, have uh, um, dissented from all these uh, rules. So now they're in charge, and things are probably going to change. Gotcha. And and tell me about the FCC. I mean, this is an agency a lot of Americans don't know about, but it has tremendous power. Well, yeah, it's very uh, a very technical agency in a lot of ways. They they deal with uh, licensing radio stations and TV stations and divvying up spectrum and and uh, things like that. It's it's a it's a very arcane uh, technical agency. Ajit Pai, the chairman, he put out a joint statement with the chairwoman of the Federal Trade Commission when he announced the suspension of this privacy rule, in which he indicated that he thought regulation of broadband internet providers should be under the FTC. Now, this is an important point, right, because it affects the net neutrality debate and who's in charge of regulation of internet providers. Yes, it's complicated, but it all goes back to net neutrality. Uh, The only way the uh the previous FCC could uh, implement these uh, principles, which are non-discrimination in web traffic. Uh, the only way they could do it legally was to reclassify Internet providers as common carriers. It, it has to do with the, the way the telecommunications law is worded. Um, and that um, 
allow them to impose these rules. However, uh, common carriers are exempt from the FTC's jurisdiction. So that meant they could no longer regulate the privacy issues as far as they're concerned. And so that meant the FCC had to come up with its own rules. Uh, and, and in starting from scratch, it came up with rules that were a lot tougher than the FTC's rules. You're right. And this is the next big thing, the net neutrality rules, which the FCC uh, created in 2015. Now, as I recall, they, uh, as you say, the big piece that the Republicans objected to and Ajit Pai objected to was that in implementing net neutrality, which is the principle that Internet providers shouldn't be able to charge companies that create web content to deliver their web pages to customers, um, the big controversy was over whether the FCC should have regulatory control over Internet providers. Republicans, in fact, were willing to implement the net neutrality principle, but not going willing to go so far as to say FCC's in charge of the Internet providers. And Pi was a big opponent of what the FCC did in 2015. So is the expectation that he will move at some point this year to roll back that move? Well, yes, unless Congress acts first. Um, it, that's, that's always a possibility. It's not necessarily easy to do it. Uh, first of all, politically, uh, a, a lot of people like the net neutrality rules, and, and there'd be a big uh, outcry if and when he does that. And, and secondly, they have to build a case. They have to uh, justify it. That takes time. It takes, it takes a lot of uh, legal work and, and economic work, that, that sort of thing. So it's, it's not like they can just schedule a meeting, a hold a vote, and that's it. So it's not a foregone conclusion, then, that net neutrality is a goner? I would say it's it's probably not going to be repealed outright. I think it'll be changed somehow um, and and modified. Uh, there are there are things that uh, even the opponents uh, of net neutrality would would say are are good. It's just that the the whole package is uh, uh, something that they would like to see changed. Right, Ajit Pai, he's a real free market guy. That's what drives him, and he's made the argument recently that. The FCC's move to control the Internet providers to exert regulatory power over them has reduced investment in broadband and reduced the willingness of the companies to spend money to increase broadband speed to get it to more parts of the country. What's the evidence show there? Well, there's divided uh, uh, opinion on that. Uh, it, it, it depends on uh, what set of statistics you look at, and uh, so that's pretty controversial. Right. Okay. Um, Paul, I, we appreciate you have coming on our show. Okay. Thank you. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.